Hello and welcome to the Catholic Duluth Show. The Catholic Duluth Show is a parish community podcast serving the parishes of St. Lawrence and Holy Family in Duluth, Minnesota. Thank you for joining us today. My name is Dan Rhoda, and with me today, I have Sister Mary Joseph and Sister Magnificat from the Handmaids of the Heart of Jesus. How are you two doing today, sisters? Good. Hi, everyone. Doing great. Doing great. The great. sun is shining. It it's is. It's like 50 plus degrees. It's great. I know. Today is today was just one of those days where you're... It was like easy to wake up yeah, and just, just like natural motivation. Yep. It was just happy day. Yeah. Especially after just the last couple weeks of cold. Mm-hmm. Glorious. Yeah. Did you do anything to like enjoy the weather over this last weekend? Do you normally like kind of go outside or try to do something like that? We usually try to. This weekend mm-hmm. was pretty full, so I don't know that we communally got outside, but... Okay. I went for a little run over lunch today, so it was glorious. Didn't even have to wear my fleece or anything. Felt like summer. Mm-hmm. I sat out on the porch and ate my lunch and soaked up the rays. Yeah. <laughs> it was great. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I, uh, I went for a walk with the dog last week, which is good. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's nice to be able to mm-hmm. start to enjoy the weather a little bit more and uh, to not be pained by, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. by the environment. Yeah. Um, but thank you too for joining, um, on the podcast and you both have been on a, p- a podcast before, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay, great. So, you know, the drill, maybe a little bit, Excited <laughs> but, to be back. uh, but yeah, um, last week we had a really great episode with sister Tresmarie and sister Ma- Magdalena. We we're talking about Lent and, uh, yeah, I, I, I really enjoyed it. I hope they enjoyed it. I think they did. But, yeah. uh, uh, I, I hope the people, you know, listening, listeners enjoyed it. But um, yeah, today we have just a little like Q and A, and we have uh, some some cu- couple questions from the audience, and then I, I you know, I, I came up with this, with some big with some big stumpers. <laughs> so um, so yeah, I'm uh, excited to get to know you two more, and maybe uh, your view and your your thoughts on on some things. So. Um, Do we get to ask you questions, Dan? <laughs> uh, maybe at the end. <laughs> if, if we have enough time. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> we'll answer quickly. <laughs> um, well, uh, well, before we get started, Sister, would you open us in a little prayer? Of course. Thanks. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, we come before you grateful for your love and your faithfulness, for all the ways that you reveal yourself to us, all the ways that you give yourself in love to each one of us. Thank you for the gift of this day, for the gift of um, the graces that you give to us in each moment. Thank you for our parish family. Ask that you would allow these remaining weeks of Lent to be a time of abundant grace for each one of us, that we would be attentive to all of the ways that you are near to us and desire us to grow closer to you. Thank you for this time. We ask that you would send your Holy Spirit to lead and guide us in all things. We ask all of this in the power of your most holy name. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thanks, sister. You're welcome. Um, well, I guess first to start us off, because we talked about the weather, something simple. What, what, what's your favorite thing to do outside? Wow. Like outdoor activities. <laughs> It's so hard to answer. There's so many fun things to do outside. Um, I really love to just spend time in uh, in nature, so like going on a hike or something, but also just 
kind of sitting down next to the creek um, up at Lincoln Park and just be just receiving the Lord's love um, and the beauty uh, around me and just the silence and hearing the birds. I love this time of year because the birds start to migrate back and yeah. <laughs> it just brightens my mood um, immediately. Um, and yeah, so just love to just be um, still and just to be in nature. Um, but I also love water activities like kayaking and canoeing. <laughs> um, so sometimes we get to do that in the summer, um, which is just a blast. Mm -hmm. I'll give two answers. The first is that I love water and rocks together. <laughs> the sisters know that about me. So I'm very, very happy to be on the rocks by the water, um, whether that's down by the lake or any of the... I, I particularly love rushing water, so there's lots of great opportunities for that around this time of year. Yeah. Um, that just makes me... Yeah, it's a lot of consolation for me being by, being by the water. Uh, I was a swimmer in high school, so that might be part of it, just very okay. drawn to the water in general. But I also love, uh, just love like a good game of ultimate frisbee or something like that outside yeah. in the summer. So mm -hmm. happy to play a good sporting event once it gets warmer. She's really good at ultimate frisbee. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I feel like that's my experience with religious sisters is that they're very good. They're very good at like like volleyball. And all like ultimate frisbee, like they're just very good. Yeah, we can hold our own. Volleyball maybe isn't our communally is maybe our strongest one, but we we've had a few. We had good a good games. match last year yeah. at, yeah, at we camp did. with a few of us who played in high school. That mm -hmm. was really fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, uh, I it was like a couple summers ago. I was just driving around like like a Sunday like after mass, just driving around town for whatever reason, and just like stumbled through Lincoln Park like the actual park. Yeah. And I didn't, I guess I didn't even think that it was an actual park. I don't think I ever saw the sign or yeah. anything. And it's actually a really cool, just like city park. It is. I it's was really impressed with it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's really beautiful. There's a lot of different trails and, um, you could, if trails aren't your thing, there's a road that kind of winds through it and it's, it's nice. There's at least three different bridges, if not more. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I go almost at least once a week, if not once the weather's nice, probably almost every day, just up a little mm -hmm. bit. Yeah, it's really yeah. great. Yeah, so I recommend if anyone's looking for anything to do, go through Lincoln Park, and uh, they have a little uh, frisbee golf, disc golf. Mm -hmm. I've done that a couple of times. It's, it's fun. Um, here's uh, another question. Uh, what would you say to a young person who's considering a religious vocation? And maybe specifically with the handmaids, but maybe, but maybe in general also. Mm -hmm. I would, you know, for a young person who is really beginning to ask that question of what is God's plan for my life? What, what does the Lord want for me? Um, I think foundationally, I would tell them to, uh, do uh, not be afraid <laughs> that the Lord actually knows the desires of, uh, our hearts and he wants to bring us fullness of life. And sometimes we think we have to control that or have this perfect plan ourselves, but he actually knows far beyond our own <laughs> imaginings of what is really going to bring us that deepest fulfillment. Uh, another important thing that I would, that I often share with young women in particular is that for us as women, we're created to be a bride and mother. It's, 
that's who who we are. It's our this deepest identity, and so it can be a confusing part of discernment because a woman can say, "Well, I really want to get married and have kids, and therefore my discernment is pretty clear. I must be called to to the vocation of marriage." And that might not actually be the simple answer, <laughs> because really, at the the deeper question is uh, who. Who is the man that the Lord has created um, your heart for? Is it uh, the beauty of the sacrament of marriage and a particular man? Um, or does he actually desire to be the bridegroom um, and he the, the one who receives all of our love? And so crafting the question sort of in that different light can be a really helpful part of discernment. Because uh, otherwise it can be pretty confusing. I remember in my own discernment in college, I I had a sense that the Lord wanted something from me, that he had something particular, that he was probably calling me to religious life. But I also had this deep desire for marriage and family life. And, and so I really wrestled with how can those two things both be true? And uh, so it was really coming to understand that the Lord had given me this desire for marriage and family life because he wanted to fulfill it in a supernatural way, that he was inviting me to be his bride and to be mother um, in the church, um, to be mother of his children in a, in a real way um, that uh, I couldn't have really imagined at the time of, of what that would look like, but uh, have experienced so much in religious life, the, the fulfillment of those desires that he really uh, is... Uh, a perfect spouse and uh, the gift of being spiritual mother in, in the church is, is real. So um, so that's a, a piece of advice that I find myself often giving to young women to help yeah. bring clarity in, in what can be uh, a confusing time of life. Yeah, that's great. Sister Magnificat, do you have anything to add to that? Not really. I guess um, my one thing I would add is just to not... Um, you don't have to have the pressure of discerning on your own. Um, so if you have someone to talk to, like a priest or um, a sister or someone that you can really share what's going on in your heart and in prayer, um, they can help you to see how the Lord is working and where the Lord might be pointing you and directing you. So it, it doesn't have to be um, a decision that you have to make on your own, um, but you can really seek out that counsel and, and advice. So. Yeah, that's great. Uh, is there anything that you'd say to uh, maybe like the parents? Because <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it, it might be that same, you know, to, don't be afraid. It's true. Be very helpful. Be very helpful. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I would. I would say to parents that you know, if your son or daughter is asking this question, it it might very understandably bring up fears or questions in uh, your own heart of. Will will he or she be happy? Will she they be provided for? What will it mean for my own life and our own family? And and those are all legitimate questions to to ask and to to really want to care for your son or daughter well in that. And so I think it comes down to a few things. One is a, a trust in the Lord that He invites of parents in a particular way. Um, in many s- stages of life that, uh, at, especially once your children become adults, there's a real sense of um, 
them making decisions that are no longer under your <laughs> control or guidance in the same way, but to trust that the Lord actually has good things for them and um, and, and will lead and guide them. Um, secondly, I would say, if your son or daughter is stepping towards priesthood or religious life, it's okay if it's harder, if there are sacrifices, that's that's normal. Um, and and it's good to acknowledge those and be able to have conversation about those and try and try and figure those out. Um, but thirdly, I would say that uh, just a, a great trust that your life will be abundantly blessed by the vocation of your son or daughter, whatever that is. Even if it, it looks different, if, if they're priest or religious, right, you're not going to have grandchildren from them or they might not be around as much. And there's real sacrifice in that, but I often uh, think of uh, uh, what it will be like in heaven when we get to uh, see so much more fully the big picture than we're able to see now. And uh, and I have this great hope and desire that in heaven, my own parents will see, in some sense, all of these spiritual grandchildren that they never knew <laughs> that they had, that their sacrifices have greatly blessed uh, not only my life, but the life of those that that I serve, and that uh, their their love and their sacrifice is not without great blessing and great fruit and, and the joy that will, will be there. And uh, uh, yeah, and so I think it's okay for parents if it's, if it's hard, but for them to be able to try and encounter, the, if their daughters are starting religious life, try and encounter those sisters or, or what that life might be to help better understand and receive sort of the fullness that's there as well. Great. Yeah, that's awesome. How do you think the, like, attractiveness of religious life has, like, increased or decreased over the years? I don't know. Have you noticed anything just within, like, the time that you've been in? But but then also maybe, I don't know, even just, like, the last hundred years, uh, I don't know, it kind of feels like the church kind of goes in waves with, like, just the attractiveness of, like, religious vocations in general. But I'm just curious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess um, my in my own personal life, I never really knew sisters <laughs> um, growing up um, and had only really seen them on TV. Um, when I was in high school, I remember thinking like, oh, like nuns, like, oh, their life is so sad. Like they just wear black all the time because they're sad that nobody wanted to marry them. And <laughs> just um, it wasn't an attractive thing to me. But what was attractive was um, seeing people who gave themselves fully um, in love. And so in college, when I um, met sisters for the first time, um, I just was, yeah, just like filled with joy to see them so given and so joyful and really um, so holy. Um, and I think that's something that is attractive to everyone is holiness. Um, and so when you encounter someone who is deeply um, transformed by the Lord's love, you just can't help but be attracted to them. Um, I think of St. Mother Teresa of Calcutta um, that, you know, there's these pictures of her and she's got, I don't know, 200 wrinkles on her face or more, you know, um, she's this old woman and probably has dirty feet and, you know, all this, but she's so attractive because the light of Christ just shines through her eyes and through her smile. And um, she just 
knows the Lord and knows his love for her so deeply. And so she was able to just be um, such a light and such, she attracted, uh, you know, dignitaries of all different countries and um, everyone was just drawn to her in a particular way. Um, so I think uh, that's something that we can pray for, that our priests and our religious are able to um, be holy and to be transformed um, by God's love for them so that they can um, attract others to know the Lord. I think there's also, even in recent decades, maybe though, maybe the last 20, 30 years, we're experiencing a new, a real desire for greatness amongst uh, the young people that they see the world around them just not cutting it in different ways or just not satisfying. And there, and so there's this quest for fulfillment and for greatness. And, and in many cases, maybe young people are searching in the wrong places for the answers to that question, but there is also a, a sense in wanting, wanting to give everything, mm -hmm. wanting to be part of something so much bigger than uh, themselves, um, wanting to experience this greatness in some, in some way. And so I think there is something about the religious life that is speaking to that desire that's found in, in certain hearts of uh, wanting to give everything to follow the Lord, wanting uh, to hold nothing back. And, and I think we see that even in why certain young women are, are discerning particular religious communities is if they're going to give their life away, they want to go all the way. <laughs> um, they're not, they don't want to be satisfied with, um, mediocrity in some way, shape, or form, but if they're going to make this offering, if they're going to accept this invitation, then, uh, then let's, let's go all out. Let's, let's do it. I knew that was something in my own heart when I was discerning religious life of, okay, if I'm going to, if I'm not going to get married, if I'm not going to have a family, then, then I don't want to hold anything back. Like I really want to give, give everything to the Lord. And so I think that invitation or that desire for a certain radical way of, of living life is, is maybe, I don't know, wasn't alive 50 years ago, but maybe, uh, maybe that's a newness in the desire for religious life that has been, uh, fed probably in a good way, even by, um, some of the tendencies in our culture. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think it's, I think it is interesting because from, uh, I mean, we're probably all the same generation, right? Yeah. Um, so like, I think, yeah, growing up, the only thing you heard about like nuns was like my parents had them for teachers mm, yeah. and they're strict mm -hmm. and I was like, can't smile. And, <laughs> and you know, whether that was just like the perception that we had or, um, I mean, probably maybe a little bit of truth or whatever, mm -hmm. but, um, but yeah, like kind of what you said, sister too, just like, um, holiness is attractive and, um, and that, I th like, I think it was really cool. Like, um, like growing up and going to like different like retreats or, um, yeah, like at, um, at college, you know, I met mm -hmm. some sisters and they're just super like fun and joyful mm -hmm. and funny and, you know, but, you know, go and play volleyball and <laughs> ultimate Frisbee. And like, that's, I don't know it like it adds, um, yeah, it, it, it shows like, no, you can be like a normal hu human person and exactly not a robot or anything. <laughs> 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 um, 
see, here's a good question. It's like, uh, what, um, what have been your favorite, maybe like Catholic places or destinations or like shrines or like, if there's like a, maybe some like, what's your favorite, I guess, Catholic place you visited, Catholic destination? Mm. Or it's like a church or a shrine or... I could talk for about three hours, so I'll let Sister Mary <laughs> answer first. Yeah, because that, my list is a little bit shorter now. <laughs> um, yeah, I have not been to a whole lot of places overseas. Um, I did spend a year um, in England um, when I was a sophomore in college, and that was just basically when I was kind of still going through my conversion. And so my um, eyes were not yet opened to all of the richness of um, Catholicism over in Europe. So I didn't I didn't really jump on too many opportunities to go see a lot of places. Um, but recently, actually, uh, my younger sister moved to La Crosse, Wisconsin um, after college, and um, I went to visit her over Thanksgiving. And so I went to the shrine there of Our Lady of Guadalupe, um, which was really, really beautiful. Um, and so I recommend that if you're looking for somewhere to just go, um, you know, you can make a day trip out of it or a weekend or whatnot. Um, but that's somewhere that's um, close by. So. I love to travel, and so I, <laughs> the Lord has been very generous in letting me uh, spend some good time in Europe. So I would say Rome is its own, that's its own conversation. There's many things I love about Rome, but I think my favorite places to visit are actually in France. I just have a really special place in my heart for France and for some of the French saints, and so I... I had the opportunity first to go to France in high school because uh, I was studying a little French. My French is horrible, though, so please don't ask me to say <laughs> any. Uh, and so that's sort of when my love first started. But uh, then both in college and uh, uh, post-college, I was able to, to do a few different trips to France. And so some of my favorite places to visit in France are um, the little town of Ars, where St. John Vianney is. It's this quaint, picturesque French little town and so great to just be there and uh, know how much he transformed it and beautiful shrine and to be able to pray at his tomb uh, has been very powerful for me I have a great devotion to him um, one of my other favorite saints is Saint Francis de Sales who is not too far away actually those two towns are pretty close he, uh, he his tomb is in Annecy France uh, so r really uh, love going going there. It's uh, sort of in the foothills of the mountains, really beautiful. And then, uh, oh yeah, so many other great French saints. So Pré-Léon, which is where St. Margaret Mary received uh, some of the devotion to the Sacred Heart from our Lord, different things in Paris, Therese of Lisieux. I could go on and on. <laughs> so that's, that's my my favorite French places, to my favorite. Uh, but then there's Poland too. John Paul, a uh, really powerful yeah. time in Poland. So anyways, you better there's cut a me lot. off. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, that's, I think that's a like, cool part of the faith too. It's just like that history and tradition. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Being able to go over there and, you know, I spent like five days in Rome and it was mm. not even close to enough. No, yeah. Spent like 12 hours in a CC. And it was like, we, it's like we got there and we had to leave right away. <laughs> so it's true. A CC is also really special. So just, there's just, yeah, there's a lot of cool stuff. Um, yeah, sister, I agree that, uh, the lacrosse, what's it called? Guadalupe, mm -hmm, the, yeah. the, 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 the shrine to Our Lady of Guadalupe. That's a really cool place. And, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it's, it's close. Yeah. You know, it's only like five hours away and 
It's a really huge like compound. I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's a. It's really well it's, done. It's pretty impressive. So. Yeah. Um. Um. Well, he, here's a good question: Is um. W- do the handmaids have like a? I don't know if like a specific like a charism is the right way to to say it, but yeah. but I know like like a lot of different religious orders they have, um, like a charism or like a like something that they do specifically. Mm-hmm. Like there's some that are, um, like teachers or like like the CFRs in New York. They like serve the poor. Like like they have like a kind of specific thing. What would you say that you're like charism? Is charism the right word for that? Totally, or? exactly okay. the right word. Okay. Yes, so. So right, a charism is a, a gift of the Holy Spirit given to the church to meet a particular need. And so throughout the history of the church, we see the Lord giving different charisms to meet particular needs at different times in the church. And so right, we have Franciscans who um, have really done so much to serve the poor and Dominicans and their teaching and preaching. And Mother Teresa, a sister, was talking about uh, to satiate the thirst of Christ uh, in the poorest of the poor. So for us as handmaids, our charism, this particular gift that the Lord has inspired, is to live in imitation of Our Lady, serving as spiritual mothers in the parish family. So very simply put, to be spiritual mothers uh, in in the local church, in the the parish family. And so we describe our charism um, under four main aspects, four things that are really key to us. So First is Marian, so to, to really live in imitation of Our Lady as handmaid, so to uh, give our yes to the Lord as she did, uh, and to really share then in her, in her motherhood to, uh, to the church. Secondly would be Eucharistic, so uh, the Eucharist is the source and summit of the, of the church, but in, in a particular way we've really um, embraced that in our own life. So we have an hour of Eucharistic adoration twice in our day. So once first thing in the morning, once in the late afternoon, daily mass really as the the heart of our life. Can't live, can't live without it. And a desire then to bring those whom we serve to a deeper love and encounter with, with the Lord in the Eucharist. Thirdly is evangelistic. We have a great love for the new evangelization particularly in parish life. Uh, So uh, our recent Holy Fathers have really called for this new evangelization, which there's many ways that you could describe it, but basically uh, um, for so many centuries, evangelization was seen as proclaiming the gospel to those who had never heard it before, to those who didn't know the person of Jesus. And we live in a culture now where a lot of people have heard about Jesus or are Catholic even or Christian, but are in need of that gospel message being proclaimed anew in a way that they're able to receive it and really understand it and let it affect every part of their life. And so uh, that's this is what the Holy Fathers have called this new evangelization. So really bringing the gospel in a new way to already Christian cultures that are, are in need of re- renewal. And so for us as handmaids, we really feel called to bring... Uh, that gift of the new evangelization to parishes. So how can we help all of those who are part of our parish family encounter the the Lord and the beauty of the church ever more fully in their lives and really let it affect um, and penetrate their hearts in a new way? And then the last aspect of our charism, which is probably the most unique part of, of our charism, is that we're diocesan. And so we serve as a complement to the diocesan priesthood in uh, the normal, ordinary life of the church. So people will 
sometimes ask, they're trying to figure out who are we because they don't recognize our habit or they haven't heard Mm -hmm. of us before. And so they'll say, well, are you Benedictine or are you Franciscan or who are you? And we'll say, well, we're actually handmade. So we're a new community and we uh, aren't a part of one of those maybe more (laughs) ancient traditions in the church, uh, which have so faithfully served the church for hundreds and hundreds of years, but we're a brand new baby community. But really diocesan is what marks us. And so Uh, really to be able to serve in the normal, ordinary parts of the life of the church, the parish um, and the diocese being uh, the place where ordinary people are coming to receive the sacraments and encounter the Lord. That's really the place that we we want to serve and to help the parish be a family um, of faith. And so that's where we serve. So we serve serve in parishes, really whatever the particular needs of uh, are of the parishes that we serve in. So, but again, simply put, we're called to be spiritual mothers in the parish family. So like we call our priest father because they're really to be spiritual fathers. Um, We were called to serve alongside of them in ways that are um, proper to our vocation as religious women. Um, Sometimes we get the question like, well, will you ever ever have brothers in your community? Like, will there ever be, I don't know, the male version of handmade, you know, sure, and they're yeah. like, well, actually they've already existed since the apostles. They're <laughs> called priests, diocesan priests. <laughs> and so now <laughs> we're here, um, to really be their sisters. Um, and then also we've gotten questions <laughs> from some of our own parishioners of, well, like, do you, have, do you have a third order, you know, like third order Franciscan, third order Dominican, like, are there, is there a third order to your community? And we're like, you're it. You're in our parish. You are the third order. Like we're all in this one family um, together. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think that's great because when you kind of look at this history of the church and having all like the re- re- like these religious orders, and kind of growing up, kind of like you, what you were saying too, mm-hmm. like you didn't really see like religious mm-hmm. sisters at all, and that's because they're kind of in their community doing what they're supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? right. Yeah. Um, like they weren't really supposed to be in the parishes because that wasn't the mission field necessarily. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of a, like a new way of thinking when it comes to right. like, I mean, religious orders in general. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, so that's kind of, that's cool. Yeah. Thanks. We think so. <laughs> <laughs> well, and we just, we love being a part of um, just everyday life of our parishioners. Um, one of the crosses of COVID is not being able to go to sports games and, <laughs> um, you know, musicals and plays that our parishioners and uh, their kids are in. And um, so, yeah, that's like one way that we love to just be a part of everyday life, you know, we'll be at the two-year-old's birthday party and then we'll be at their graduation party when they graduate from high school and then you know we'll be walking with them as they're getting married and (laughs) having their own kids and so just really um that companionship through life um just as the priests really are um fathers um throughout someone's entire life yeah yeah and uh i mean i think it's cool even just when then the is it is this the fourth, third year or fourth year that you've had? So our third year. Uh, but even just like being like recognized within like the local community, like outside of even just the parish. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's been kind of cool too, just to see like that mm-hmm. have like an impact. Yeah. It's been Definitely. cool. Uh, we love our diocese. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, um, 
Sister Magnificat, you kind of mentioned this, but with kind of like COVID and everything that's mm. going on this year, um, what has been maybe like, you kind of mentioned like a kind of a cross of it, but <laughs> what have been some, some of the like hidden blessings that have maybe come out of that? Mm-hmm. Like for you two personally? I think um, for me, just really asking, well, what what am I here for? Um, yeah, uh, just like, Lord, okay, that you've given me this life, um, and I have all these ideas of what I want to do, and it's like, oh, now maybe I can't do all these things that I wanted to do, and so, Lord, what, what do you have for me? So just, again, um, asking that question to him of, what do you have for me today? And there's always something that he has in store for us each day, even though it's not what we thought it was going to be. Um, and so I think just that was kind of like a very general <laughs> statement, but I think that's like overall what I've just kind of taken um, is, all right, one day at a time, like this is the Lord's day and tomorrow is going to be the Lord's day and it all belongs to him. And um, how can I just really live in trustful surrender um, of what he's going to be asking of me, um, even though it might not always be what I had planned or what I thought would be like, you know, this is the, this is my plan. This is going to be great. <laughs> so, yeah, I think for me, uh, the Lord has taught me a lot about surrendering my own plans to his in this past year and, uh, and given a lot of grace of, of experiencing the freedom in that, uh, I think mm-hmm. back to this time last year, and uh, I don't know if all of our listeners remember this, but we uh, ended up deciding during the stay-at-home time uh, last March and April to go down to New Ulm to be with the other sisters. So we ended up being down there for seven weeks, and uh, it was actually really hard for me because I love Duluth a lot and love our parishioners, and even though we wouldn't have really been able to see anyone up here because we were all staying at home, it was hard for me to sort of not be in it with everyone up here. But through that experience, uh, the Lord just really taught me a lot about trusting in, in his plan and in his way and uh, really used that experience to prepare, to prepare me for different things throughout this year. I mean, who would have thought it, we'd still, still be in it a year later. And so when I look back to myself at this time last year to where I am now, there's actually just so much more freedom in my heart of trusting in uh, the Lord and that he's in, he's in control and that I don't have to control everything, but, uh, that, that he really knows what he's about and that it's so much easier to just <laughs> let, no, it's not always easy, but when I do actually just let go and surrender and trust, uh, there's so much more peace and freedom in my heart than mm-hmm. trying to fight, fight the Lord. I fought the Lord a lot during the stay at home time. And, and the reality is that just doesn't work very well. So yeah, if yeah. anything, I've learned to not fight the Lord, which is good. <laughs> um, I, there was someone there was like, listening to a talk and somebody once said that like to be able to surrender, you have to be fighting. Mm. And I thought that was like, I thought that was a really good, mm-hmm. good quote. Be like, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Like to, mm-hmm. to be able to like actually like kind of give up and just be like, you know what? I'm just going to surrender this over to you. It's like you have to be struggling mm-hmm, with it or something mm-hmm, like that. You know? It's very true. Um, yeah, and even surrender, you know, it sounds very passive, but it's, a, it's actually an active thing. Like it's saying, okay, Jesus, I'm going to choose to trust that you are in control. And it's a, it's a real choice to surrender. It's not just this passivity, okay, I'm just going to sit back and do nothing and Jesus is going to take care of it. 
some situations that might be what we need to do, but um, but most of the time it is. It's just this, okay, Lord, I'm going to take the next step. I'm going to move forward, trusting that you're with me and that you're going to take care of it. And um, and it's really that act of faith, um, which is a real a real active thing to do. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's great. Really like that. Um, well, we're at thirty six minutes. Mm. So, what does that mean? Um, that means that uh, you can ask me one question. <laughs> oh no! Oh gosh! <laughs> what if we didn't think of a question? Oh, I, uh, I, <laughs> we w- we will ask you a question, Dan. We will. I thought you ask. had questions coming in. Well, we do. Okay. Oh, I don't know. This is too much pressure because we can only ask one. Go for it. What is your favorite thing to do outside? Oh, um, I probably have to say. probably hiking I, I really enjoy hiking I like being like being able to be outdoors mm-hmm. and enjoy the enjoy the weather and and enjoy enjoy just like the views too mm-hmm. and like I guess I would also say like being being around water so if there's like mm-hmm. hikes around water Amen. That, <laughs> that that's kind of the sweet spot right why hike if know? there's not water yeah <laughs> um but I would say close second is like being just like at the lake mm-hmm. like my and like my parents house mm-hmm. their 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 new lake house like I mean, we, we had like the cabin growing up but they just got just built this new lake house and it's super nice so to be able to just go there and like go paddle boarding and or just just like sit and look at it mm-hmm. like i could do that for a while that's yeah. awesome okay can i ask a second question okay you yeah, can you, cut it out it's one want. each yeah, you can. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> that's fair. One each. Um, what What's your favorite part about your job or a way that you've uh, encountered the Lord in what you do in serving our parishes? Mm, that's a really good question. Um, what it, What's the way I encounter the Lord? Yeah, what serving do you, the parishes. Yeah, what do you What do you like most about it, or what What's a way that the Lord has? used this job to show you something about himself yeah um you know i would say that it has led me to like a deeper kind of just trust in his plan Mm. because uh because i i like to just you know take control of things and to like just do it myself because it's easier that way Mm -hmm. uh and i think and especially coming from working with college students and like working on the college campus, like everything happens so fast yeah. mm-hmm. because college students are in such a different like mm-hmm. place yeah. in their life yeah. so that you can, you know, you can meet a student and like really walk through them and they have a really deep like uh, transformation in a one semester, Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. or, uh, and like, and if that, and then if, if that, not that, then it's like, okay, well I still have like a couple of years um, to like work mm-hmm. with the student or for them to like, receive you know some other like uh they're they're just very moldable because of Mm -hmm. their state in life whereas like the parish is like (laughs) i've had it described to me that's like uh it's like the big ship and to to be able to like spin like turn a ship like it takes a really long time and uh and just you know and people are just in such different spots Mm -hmm. than college students you know Mm -hmm. Mm um and so so yeah i think i think that's been just like the the like Mm -hmm. slow pace of the church has really like 
urging me to just perish life in mm-hmm, general mm-hmm. has really taught me to like kind of like let go yeah. of like what I want. Um, uh, so th- th- I guess that that that's what I maybe have like learned from the Lord. But I think m- probably my my favorite part had just been just like I guess like getting to know people in the parish mm-hmm. and just you know um, I think that's. Because there's a lot of maybe different like organization or like work things mm-hmm. that I enjoy doing, mm-hmm. but um, it also like wouldn't really be anything if the people weren't there, you know. Very true. Mm-hmm. So I think I think that's been really cool to just to meet people and um, and yeah, I, I st- I'd still say that's it's like I feel like I don't know like that many people because it was like six months and then everything shut down. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but yeah, that, I think that, that, that like that's been really cool is to especially to to, to, to still see like um the like our communities like continue to like go forward and you know yeah, people definitely. going deeper and even though it's not maybe as fast as mm-hmm. like i would uh you know like it to be in my head or that i'm used to necessarily mm-hmm. right. um but still to still see people like you know going deeper right uh, and then even myself going deeper like because of that like mm-hmm. i think that's a it's been a really cool experience amen so Great. Thanks. Thanks for giving us each a question. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, yeah, th- thank you for joining me. Um, this has been a, a, l- a lot of fun. It's, uh, it's always great to be able to to chat with uh, the sisters. I always, whenever I'm talking to, like, friends who also work in parishes, I always, like, <laughs> kind of gloat because I'm like, I have handmaids at my parish <laughs> what do you have we say we have dan rota at our parish i don't know about you guys but That's our true. sisters are uh, hey i'll take whatever i can get so <laughs> well thank you again for joining and uh thank you everybody for listening i uh, hope you enjoyed this episode and uh we'll see you again next week